Articles by Desiring God Feed His Sheep Who Does Christ Call to Preach? Written and read by David Mathis Gifted Communicator It's a popular way of saying good public speaker. Of course, if we're going to sit and listen for half an hour or more, we all appreciate that the speaker is gifted. With an engaging presence, interesting turns of phrase, animated face, pleasant voice, natural gestures, and appropriate demeanor. We want a speaker who hooks us with a captivating story, presents his material in a clear and orderly fashion, creates and relieves suspense, touches our emotions, and ends with a satisfying conclusion, leaving us inspired and renewed. These elements, and more, make for good conference speaking. At conferences, some of the thrill can be the novelty, hearing a new voice, and seeing a fresh face. But preaching in the local church is not conference speaking, nor is it mere public speaking. Preaching in the context of local church corporate worship is a unique kind of speech, what we might call pastoral speech. Compelling speaking alone cannot fulfill the call of Christ on his preachers. The point is not to satisfy attendees with a gifted communicator who they will bring their friends to see next week. Rather, preaching in the local church is, first and foremost, the calling of the duly appointed shepherds to feed Christ's sheep. This vision for preaching involves at least two critical and connected parts, the nature of preaching and the nature of pastoral ministry. What is preaching? Long before the telegraph, printed newspapers, and instant digital media spread information far and wide, town criers would herald good news from village to village. The verb herald, Greek, keruso, is one of the main words for this kind of preaching in the New Testament. Preaching in that day was not whispering, but a raised outdoor voice in the town square for as many to hear as possible so that the news might spread far and wide. Such heralding is not normal communication, but an authoritative public declaration requiring an appropriate volume and intensity. It is not a story or mere report, nor is it speculative, but it is an announcement with a very high degree of certainty, if not full certainty. It is not for mere entertainment, but commends a message or person for the trust and response of the hearers. What we proclaim, the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4-5, is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. Faithful preaching expects something of its hearers, be it faith, repentance, or obedience. Sent, not self-made. True heralds are not self-made or self-commissioned, but sent. As Kevin Young observes related to Romans 10.15, how are they to preach unless they are sent? Quote, preachers don't just decide themselves that they want to preach. They must be sent. Preaching implies a commissioned agent authorized to preach. Rightly understood, there is no preaching that does not come from an authority. End quote. 
in the New Testament, we see preaching is interwoven with teaching, but the two are not identical. Preaching implies a kind of commissioned, authoritative public speech that overlaps with, but is not the same as teaching. As John Piper highlights in his book, Expository Exaltation, quote, Russo, to preach or herald, was ordinarily used to refer to a public heralding on behalf of someone with significant authority on a matter of great importance. It was not a kind of communication that simply transferred information or explained obscurities. It was communication with a comportment that signified the importance of its content and the authority of its author, end quote. Taking preaching to church. However, our question is not only about the nature of preaching in general, but specifically preaching in the context of the weekly gathering of a particular local church. Here Piper highlights the significance of 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word. Whereas preaching as heralding or proclaiming good news refers, quote, most often to the public proclamation of a message to the world, not just to a church gathered for worship, the Apostle Paul, quote, took preaching to church, end quote. Paul highlights the need of professing Christians for ongoing gospel preaching, as in Romans 1, 16 and 17, and 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. And specifically, Paul challenges his protege Timothy and other Christian pastors with him to preach the word to the gathered church. In one of the most solemn commands in all the Bible, Paul writes, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. While this may be the only place in the New Testament where preaching is explicitly commanded in the weekly gathering of the local church, the command is not ambiguous. The very kind of declarative, authoritative, outdoor speech that spread the gospel from one village to the next now comes inside, so to speak, into the weekly life of the church. There is something about the peculiar speech involved in preaching, writes Piper, that belongs in the preaching of pastors to their already converted people. Feed my sheep. Since Christian congregations already profess faith, what then is the aim of the preacher who comes inside to the gathered assembly? While the town crier or evangelist announces a message for new faith to those who do not yet believe, the Christian preacher in corporate worship aims to fuel the fires of existing faith, ever happy to spark new faith at the same time. To use Jesus' image to Peter in John 21, the Christian preacher aims to feed Christ's sheep. And this is not an easy task, but a weight for broad shoulders. Done well, it is costly for many reasons. Preaching to the gathered assembly is not a privilege to enjoy and to demonstrate one's own quality, but a burden to gladly bear for the good of the church. Preaching then is not just public communication, even gifted communication, but spiritual feeding. Sermons in the context of worship 
nourish souls with the food of God's word in Christ. They are meals carefully prepared and presented for the church for its spiritual health and welfare. Which leads us to ask then, who does this weekly feeding? Who preaches? Remember, we're talking about weekly corporate worship in the local church, not conferences or even Sunday school. We're asking, in light of the nature of preaching in worship, who preaches? The answer that fits with both the nature of preaching and the nature of pastoral ministry is the pastor elders preach. The shepherds, the pastors, feed Christ's flock. They are the ones, as teachers, officially charged to feed the flock, which includes giving instruction and sound doctrine, as well as exposing those who contradict it. Titus 1.9. It is pastor elders who labor in preaching and teaching, 1 Timothy 5.17. And not merely men, but pastor elders who teach and exercise authority, 1 Timothy 2.12. Not as distinct callings, but as two significantly overlapping prongs of a single calling. So when it comes to the weekend, week out, feeding of the flock in corporate worship, we look to the shepherds. The men God has specifically equipped and formally called to lead and feed the church. Not all Christians preach. Preaching, then, is a particular calling of the pastor elders, and not for all Christians. There is general word ministry for all Christians, and then the specific calling to preach. Every believer should take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We all should have the word of Christ dwell in us richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Whatever we do, not just in deed, but in word, we do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We all seek to honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, and do it with gentleness and respect. But not all are preachers. Not all preach the word in the gathered assembly. Christ expects and requires that kind of feeding to come from his under-shepherds. Central to the pastoral call. To approach our question from another angle, we could ask, how will our pastor elders shepherd the flock apart from preaching and teaching? Paul says to the elders of Ephesus in Acts 20, 28, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God. How will they care for the church? The verb here, literally, is to shepherd, Greek poimenine. And shepherding in the church requires, among other labors, feeding the flock through teaching. As Jesus charged Peter to feed my sheep. Shepherds are feeders, as well as leaders and protectors. They guide sheep to green pastures and springs of living water through teaching and preaching. Preaching to the gathered assembly of the church is not only Christ's gift to his church for its ongoing feeding and faith, but also a vital tool in the hands of the church's pastor elders to complete the work to which Christ has called them. Which is why faithful under-shepherds rarely pass the pulpit to guests, but rather endeavor 
as a team to steward the precious few opportunities they have to feed, shape, and encourage the flock entrusted to them. Churches need shepherding. Preaching is not just public speaking. Many fine public speakers, stimulating as they may be in a conference setting, are not local church pastors tasked with preaching as a function of their calling. Our churches need more than gifted communication. They need shepherding. Rediscovering such a vision for preaching in the local church helps both pastors and their churches. We need to be regularly reminded to take our cues from the scriptures rather than the world. And all the more when it comes to those sacred moments each Sunday when the under-shepherds endeavor to feed Christ's sheep. For more resources, visit DesiringGod.org.